I'm directing your attention to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. And additionally, I'll be looking at two verses in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, and verse 27. But we'll begin in Mark 5 and 1. And I'm just warning you, there's something in the water. If you were in pastor's Bible study, uh, you'll know that we have much the same heartbeat this morning and are tapped into the same vein of the Spirit. Mark 5 and 1, if you have that, just kind of wave at me, let me know you're, you're alive. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, this being Jesus and the disciples, having just come out of a great storm where Jesus had been asleep in the boat, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when Jesus was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because the, that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always day and night he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. We'll go to Luke chapter 8 and verse 27 and pick up two scriptures that add a little more context to the account. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time and wear no clothes. Neither abode at any house but in the tombs. Verse 29, for oftentimes it had caught him. And he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness, into the wilderness. I'm preaching this morning, come out of the tombs and meet Jesus. Come out of the tombs and meet Jesus. Can we lift up our hands, lift up our voices? Lord, we need the Holy Spirit in this place today. God, we can't preach this kind of sermon. We can't. We can't encounter the evil in this world without your spirit. We're desperate for it, God. I cannot go through the motions today, Lord. I, I just can't do it. I'm desperate for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, miracle-working power, chain-breaking power, delivering power, God. That's my prayer today in the name of the Lord Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. It's interesting that of the two Gospels where we've just read this story, Mark and Luke, the Gospel of Mark gives the most details. Any serious student of the Bible knows the Gospel of Mark written by John Mark is usually brief and to the point, while the Gospel of Luke written by a physician is long-winded. But John Mark placed a lot of emphasis on the story of this demon-possessed man from the Gadarenes. 
I think he identified with something in this story. Most scholars believe that the young man mentioned in Mark chapter 14, even though he doesn't mention his own name, was actually John Mark himself. If you remember the story, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane following Jesus from a distance, wearing only a long linen shirt. And when Judas came to betray Jesus and the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, it was a moment of confusion. It was a scary moment. It was a dramatic moment. And the Bible tells us that all of the disciples fled and they abandoned Jesus. And during the confusion, one of the soldiers, probably thinking that John Mark was a disciple, grabbed him and tried to arrest him. And in that scuffle, the linen shirt was ripped off of his back and he ran naked from the Garden of Gethsemane. He had been uncommitted, following Jesus from a distance. And when persecution came, he ran like a coward, naked and afraid. It would have been one of the most embarrassing and shameful moments of his life. So it's not surprising that he identified with the story of a naked, demon-possessed man who instead of running away from Jesus, ran out of the tombs to meet Jesus. Mark carefully gives us this little detail that the demon-possessed man actually emerged from the tombs to meet Jesus. And had the man not done so, he probably would have died in his sins, died in bondage underneath the grip of hell. But aren't you glad that one day you came out of the world and you met Jesus? Aren't you glad that you came out of the kingdoms of this world and you entered into a new kingdom, the kingdom of God? Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. So on that day, Jesus stepped from the boat onto the shore and out came running this man who was bound by so many devils that they referred to themselves collectively as legion, for we are many. He was not insane. He was demon-possessed. I have encountered demon possession on several occasions, and I can tell you that there are different levels of severity. Not all demons are the same. They are not omnipotent. They do not have unlimited power. They do not have the ability to be everywhere at the same time. They are not God. Some demons are stronger than others. Demons seem to have different specialties and areas of expertise, and they are tasked with manufacturing specific types of evil. Many years ago, we commanded seven demons to leave one woman. We had to command them one by one, and as they left, they identified themselves by name, lust, envy, pride, rebellion. And each demon spoke from within the woman with a completely different voice and a completely different personality. In fact, her persona would change as each manifestation would identify itself and they responded with terror when the name of Jesus was invoked over them. How many know there is power in the name of Jesus? Demons must tremble at the very mention of the name of Jesus. The most powerful and last demon to leave this woman was the demon of pride. And I believe that it all starts with pride. It started with Lucifer as pride. And pride was so deeply entrenched in her spirit that it was the last and the most difficult one to invoke to leave. It is my belief that pride 
and rebellion prepare the way for all kinds of other evil spirits to invade. And make no mistake, evil invites evil. No one becomes possessed overnight with a legion of devils. Demonic possession begins with demonic oppression. And demonic oppression begins with impression. Let me say it this way. It all starts when an individual is impressed by evil. Let me say that again. It all starts when an individual is impressed by evil. I wish I could look like that person. I wish I could go there. I wish I could do that. I, I wish I could be like that person. And all the while you're impressed by evil and things that are not clean and things that are not righteous and things that are not holy. I'll tell you what the church of the living God needs to be impressed by. We need to be impressed by honesty. We need to be impressed by righteousness. Some of us are so impressed by this world, and it all starts with impression. You need to start being impressed with praise and impressed with people who love God and impressed with people who know how to get in an altar and seek the face of Jesus. We, we need to have a revival of being impressed by righteousness. It all begins with impression. All of Eve's trouble started when she noticed the forbidden fruit looked yummy. Looks pretty good. I'm impressed by that. It probably tastes good. It would probably be enjoyable. I know God told me not to touch it. I know God told me not to do it, but it looks so good. She was impressed with evil. All of Lot's trouble started when he noticed that Sodom and Gomorrah looked like a great place to live. He was impressed, and then he was oppressed. And he probably would have been oppressed if it hadn't been for old Uncle Abraham, who entreated the Lord and said, Lord, I, I've got a nephew over there, and I know that judgment has to come, and I, I know that you're holy, and I know that your holiness demands that you do something about the evil in this world, but could you have mercy on Lot? Could you just, could you just give him a warning? Could you just send some angels? Whatever you've got to do, Lord. Aren't you glad for grandparents that pray for you? Aren't you glad for mamas that got on their knees at midnight and, and said, God, have mercy on my baby. Oh, I wish somebody clap your hands and thank God for prayer warriors who've been looking out for you. People who burned the midnight oil because they cared for your soul. They knew you were lost. They knew you were in a bad place. They knew you were impressed by evil, but they prayed a hedge of protection around you. Aren't you thankful for people like that in your life? I know this is making some of you uncomfortable today because we're more comfortable talking about the love of God. And I absolutely believe with all my heart in the love, the grace, and the mercy of God. But most people want to pretend like true evil does not exist. We're comfortable focusing on the beautiful things of Scripture that remind us how wonderful God is, but we're uncomfortable recognizing that there is genuine evil in this world. I think one of the reasons I'm so stirred up today is as I contemplate the horrors of 9-11. Does anybody else remember exactly where you were when the towers fell? I remember exactly where I was sitting. I was in a college class, and I'll never forget my professor came into the class with about uh, 90 other students there, and he was crying, and I'd never seen this man cry before. In fact, he 
was a, a rather stoic individual. But he came into that classroom and he was crying and he said, I hate to be the one to have to tell you what's happened, but one of the towers has fallen and we don't know exactly what's going on, but we're going to dismiss you from class today. And so we left with heavy hearts and all day long we were listening for more news in breathless anticipation and prayerfully and many people cried. I remember walking down the street and seeing people weeping and I remember talking to people at Butler University where I spent most of the day and there were people who said, there was one girl in particular who said, my dad is working near there today and all the cell phone towers were down and all the lines were down and she said, I can't reach him. I don't know if he's dead or alive. I don't know what's going on. And the United States of America, even if it was only for just a few days, maybe you could say for a few months, we woke up from our slumber and we realized that life is about more than just movies and baseball games and having fun. And, and we remembered that there is real evil. You see, we do so many things to distract us from remembering that there is genuine evil in this world. Many Christians today, for example, have absolutely abandoned the reality that there is a genuine hell. They believe in heaven. Everybody believes in heaven. In fact, if you talk to most people, everybody is going to heaven. But hell has been reduced to just a place that is separate from God. We buy the lie that most people are basically good, which contradicts everything the Bible teaches about human nature. But when we're alone with ourselves, we know the evil that our flesh is capable of committing. Not someone else's flesh, but our flesh is capable of committing. You see, there is a Holy Spirit and there is an unholy spirit. There is good and there is evil. There is truth and there is deception. There is light and there is darkness. And there is heaven and there is hell. Since before time began, Satan has been rebelling against God and trying to bring humanity into that same rebellion. Jesus warned Peter that Satan has desired to have you so that he can sift you like wheat. Listen, Satan wants to have you so that he can use you up and throw you away. So it might start with pride, but pride invites rebellion. And then Pride and rebellion team up until they can bring hatred into your spirit. And suddenly you're doing things you never thought you could do. And you're saying things you never thought you could say. And you're thinking things you never thought you could think. And you call good evil and you call evil good. And you call right wrong and you call wrong right. Everything gets flipped upside down. And, and you can't think straight and you can't talk straight and you can't live right. Because everything turned around in your life and the most deceptive and dangerous thing about it is that you think you're free but you're actually bound the same demonic influences that took control of this man's life are oppressing and possessing and impressing American culture right now they've been operating inside the shadows for decades but I feel an unction in the spirit today to expose some of these things and tell them to get out of our church. Get out of our homes. 
Get out of our families. Come on, anybody filled with the Holy Ghost today? Somebody ought to just rebuke the devil. Get out of my church. Get out of my house. Get out of my heart. Stop messing with my mind, devil. Devil, you cannot have my mind. You cannot have my thought life. You cannot get my attention. You can't play games here anymore. You're not welcome in my community. You're not welcome in Atlanta. You're not welcome in Jonesboro. You're not welcome in Hampton. You're not welcome in McDonough. Somebody ought to rebuke him and say, you are not welcome here any longer. Ha ha. You see, you can't fight demons that you don't recognize. You can't pray against things that you can't perceive. You can't deal with things spiritually until you acknowledge that they're there. One of the most deceptive things that Satan has done is he has moved from the forefront to the shadows. There was a time when the demonic was much more recognizable. But now demonic activity has hidden itself away. Because if he can convince Americans... Now, if you go to third world countries, this is not the case. You still see it very much up front and center. But in America, the spirit of the last days is so strong that it's moved into the shadows to convince Americans that there's nothing to see here. There's nothing happening over there. Everything's just fine. Just, just rent another movie. Just go to another ball game. Just buy another meal. Just, just throw another party. Get another barbecue going. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. And by doing that, he causes us to lower our defenses. And no longer do we actively fight against the things of evil and of the spirit realm. Let me say this to you. Even the weakest of demons is stronger than you are without the Holy Ghost. Even the weakest of demons is stronger than you are without the Holy Ghost. Because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You know how you're going to overcome the spirit of the age? You're going to need some Holy Ghost power. You know how you're going to get the enemy out of your home? You're going to need some Holy Ghost power. You're going to need the Holy Ghost and fire. It ought to be like fire shut up in your bones. Ha-ha. Hallelujah. And so let me address some of the spirits that were afflicting this man. And I believe that the Lord has dealt with me very clearly that the same spirits that were afflicting this man are afflicting our culture today. Even though Jesus did not call them by name, they identified themselves collectively as legion. We do see the effects and the things that these demons caused to happen in this man's life. Number one is the spirit of immodesty. He was naked, the Bible says. His demon possession and the work of evil in his life immediately produced in modesty and i'm just going to tell you we're in one of the most immodest cultures that we have ever been in in the history of mankind america has become one of the most immodest nations in the world and let me just go on record and say it is not the will of god to be immodest when you live in immodesty you have accepted the spirit of the last days number two is what i am identifying as the spirit of rebellion and resistance to authority. 
The Bible says that no man could bind him. Could we just stop and lift up our hands? I can feel the resistance right now. Somebody lift up your hands in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Some of y'all just wanted to come and play games. We're not playing games today. I said, we're not playing games today. You see, I'm purposely not screaming this message. I could run all around. The, I'm so stirred up right now. I could run around this building, but some of you would not take me seriously if I did that. You would accuse me of sensationalism and you would think I was just trying to work you up. I'm not trying to work anybody up today, but I am trying to wake you up and let you know that there are things happening that you can't see with your eyes. There are things happening right now in this room that you can't touch with your hands. There are things happening. If you could peel back the layers of this finite world, you would see a battle happening in the spirit realm. There are things right now happening. You can't see it, but in your spirit, you can feel it. And if your Holy Ghost feel, you can feel that something is transpiring in the realm of the spirit even as I speak. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says that no man could bind him. Now, I understand that Americans are independent and there is a certain kind of independence that is okay. In fact, it's even godly and right. But there's a fine line between godly independence and ungodly rebellion. Some people use the word independence and the word they really ought to be using is rebellious. And the spirit that gripped this man was, I might be doing all kinds of things. I might be wreaking havoc on my body. I might be wreaking havoc in my family. I might be wreaking havoc in my community. I might be destroying institutions. I might be causing all kinds of fear and turmoil in the lives of everyone around me. But nobody has a right to stop me. Nobody has a right to tell me what to do. That preacher better not preach that or I'll walk out on him. That preacher better not go there. He can't bind me and we think we're free. And his rebellion gave him superhuman strength to where he was able to break the chains and break the fetters as if they were nothing, the Bible says. Nothing could hold him. And here we are in a world where people don't even know if they're boys or girls. They don't know what's right and wrong. And they say, nobody has a right to tell me if I can get married. Nobody has a right to tell me if I'm a boy. Just because I was born a boy doesn't mean I am a boy. I am what I think I am. That's the world we live in. It's the spirit of rebellion that says no one can tell me what to do. Nobody better make that illegal. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. If I want to go there, I'm going to go there. And God forbid anybody put any kind of rules and regulation on my life. I'm going to tell you his word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. And if his word tells me to do it, it's not bondage. If it... See, the enemy's convinced some of you that you're living in bondage because you're submitted to the word of God. Hey, this world is in bondage, not the church. They just don't know they're in bondage. They're so confused and they're so deceived and they're so eaten up with all of the demonic things that have shackled them that as they rid themselves from biblical 
They run off and say, I'm free. See, the demoniac would shed himself from the chains. And then the Bible says that immediately after, listen, listen, after he would break the chains of people who cared about him, people who had his best interest at heart, he said, now I'm, I'm just putting this in, but in his mind, I'm free now. But he wasn't free. You know why? Because immediately the devil would drive him where? Into the wilderness. You see, that's what rebellion always does. We think rebellion is setting us free to be happy. And, and we think it's going to give us joy. And we think it's finally going to answer all the questions. But in the end, it just drives us deeper into the wilderness that God wants to set us free from. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and say, thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm not in Egypt. Thank God I don't have to wander in the wilderness. Thank God I've got a promised land. Thank God. Somebody ought to thank God for his word. Some of y'all need to stop kicking against the pricks and say, I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for your word. I'm not going to fight against it. I'm not going to rebel against it. I'm not going to grow bitter towards it. Because I know, I know it's the source of my joy. I know it's the source of my strength. And number three, the spirit of unfaithfulness and wandering. Doesn't that describe our culture? Unfaithful, wandering. He had no house, so he roamed from the mountains and the tombs and then to the wilderness. Because he couldn't be faithfulness, his demonic influences kept him from being able to sustain a family or loved ones. He lost all of his relationships. And I'm going to tell you, that's what sin does. Sin destroys our relationships. Sin brings so many things into our lives that cause pain and it causes turmoil. And all the while, God is saying, if you just come out, if you just come out from the tombs and meet me. And because of all of this, all of this unfaithfulness and the wandering, the spirit that says, I, I can't put roots down. I, I, can't, I can't be in this relationship anymore. I can't do this anymore. The spirit that kept moving him from place to place, from thing to thing. It brought a spirit of depression into his life. Yes, it did. The Bible says that he would cry all through the day and all through the night. History records that they could hear him in the towns nearby as he would scream in emotional and spiritual agony. I'm going to tell you, the spirit of depression is gripping our world today. I said the spirit of depression is gripping our world today. We're the most entertained culture. We're one of the wealthiest cultures. We have more things to kill times. We have more gadgets than a Cold War spy. We've got all kinds of stuff and yet we're miserable and we're unhappy and we cannot find peace. That's the spirit of the age, church. I'm telling you, we need to bind it in Jesus' name. We need to bind it in Jesus' name. We need to bind it in Jesus' name. And the spirit of depression led him to the fifth spirit. The spirit of self-harm. The Bible says that he cut himself with stones. He was self-destructive, borderline suicidal. 
I know that this isn't the message that you probably wanted to hear today, but I may be saving someone's life right now when I tell you that self-harm and the spirit of suicide never comes from a godly place. I had someone tell me one time that they were praying and they felt like God told them to commit suicide. I said, that was not God. You know what that was? That was a spirit, but it wasn't the spirit of God. I can't tell you how many times I've counseled with people and tried to help people. And, and some of you aren't going to receive this because this, this isn't hitting you where you are. But you need, to, you need to start praying for somebody else right now. I can't tell you how many people I've counseled with, mostly young people. Did you know there is a, a nationwide epidemic of young people who cut themselves? <laughs> I had a young woman in my office many years ago. And I noticed that she always wore long sleeves. And it wasn't because she was trying to be holy. Tell you that. And she was always wearing long sleeves. I mean, it could be it could be nine billion degrees outside, and she'd have long sleeves and and long skirts, and 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 uh, and, and it, it wasn't it wasn't from a place of holiness. I could tell from her spirit. And, and one day she came and she said, "Brother Ryan, I've got to talk to you." And she pulled her sleeve back. And there were scars all the way up, deep scars all over surrounding every part of her arm. And she pulled the other arm up and she said, it's my legs too. I can't stop. I don't know why. And she said, listen to this. Listen. She said, it's the only thing that makes me feel good. She wasn't doing it to, to, feel, to feel pain. She was doing it because... Her spirit was so confused that, that she was actually interpreting the pain for joy. I'm going to tell you, that's what the devil does. He'll turn everything around. He'll turn everything around. He'll turn everything around. He'll turn everything around. And the spirit of self-harm. And she said, and she said, now I've been doing that for years. And I said, how could you be doing that for years and your parents not know? And she said, I don't know. They just never noticed. She said, I go in my room and I lock the door. And I'm going to tell you, that's not an isolated incident. I've literally, I've literally helped dozens and dozens and dozens of people. And not all of them were teenagers either. I've talked to elders who are cutting themselves and contemplating suicide. Oh, somebody needs to get an intercessory prayer spirit on them right now. There are people in this room right now who you are fighting demons that are telling you to take your own life. You're fighting demons of self-harm that are telling you that you're worthless. That are telling you to abuse your body, mutilate your your body. We're living in a culture that mutilates its body in every way imaginable and says that it's self-expression but I want you to know that the spirit of self-harm is a dangerous and destructive spirit and it does not come from God and the church needs to pray against it. The church needs to rebuke it. The church needs to love people out of it. The church needs to be there for people. Now listen, 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 listen. You're not going to like this either. But the disciples had to go through a storm before they could get to the place 
where this man would be delivered. Sometimes a church has to go through some rough waters. You say revival ought to be easy. Revival is never easy. You will always go through a storm. You will always have resistance. You know why? Because you've got to learn that Jesus is the peace speaker. You've got to learn that Jesus can speak into your storm before you can believe that he can deliver someone from their storm. Don't tell me you can have faith that God will deliver somebody else if you don't even believe he can deliver you. You better know the revelation that God is for me and God is with me. I know it looks like he's sleeping. I know it feels like God is unconcerned. But all he's got to do is stand up and say, peace be still. Somebody's rocking in a boat right now. You ought to throw up your hands and say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, speak into my storm right now. Jesus, save me. Jesus, deliver me. Help me. Some of y'all need to stop taking your problems to the phone and take them to the throne. I said, some of y'all been on the phone all week long. You better put the phone down and get on your knees and say, Jesus, get me out of here. (laughs) Somebody ought to shout it. Get me out of here, Jesus. Get me out of here, Jesus. Get me out of here, Jesus. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can feel your spirit. That's what some of you are saying right now. I can't take it. That's right, you can't take it. But Jesus can step into your problem and he can turn it all around. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Prayer warrior, lift up your hand. Prayer warrior, lift, lift up your hand, prayer warrior. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Lift it up, lift it up. Ha ha We're battling some demons right now. Siko shala borriata saya. Riatata sondala borriata saya. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 Some of y'all are so numb right now. Some of y'all are so numb you can't feel God. I'm going to tell you, that's the spirit of the enemy who put a numbness in your life. And the only way you can feel anything is to afflict harm. It may not be physical harm. You may not take a knife to your body. But many of you are taking a knife to your spirit man because you can't feel anything without another cheap thrill. You can't feel anything without another hit. You can't feel anything because the enemy has numbed you And the only things that make you feel good are the things that are destroying you. (laughs) And then, listen, amazing. Did anybody notice this when we read it? Did anybody notice this? All of this happened. All of this happened. Self-harm. We're getting the description. He comes. He comes out of the tombs. He meets Jesus. We're getting all of this description of all the things he'd done. 
And then, and then, anybody catch it? What did he do? He worshiped. All right, whoa, 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 whoa. Some of y'all think you got it, but you don't have it yet. (laughs) He worshiped. Now, if you know me, you know worship is on the top of my list of priorities. You better be a worshiper. But you better not just be a worshiper. There's a lot of worshipers out there. You know, anybody can dance. They do it in clubs all the time. Anybody can shout. They do it. They're doing it right now at ball games all over the country. Woo! Yeah. Anybody? Anybody? People worshiping stuff all the time. People come to church. Woo! Isn't that great? I'm not making fun of that. I love that. You better not get in front of me when I start running aisles. I'll knock you down. I love praise. You got to have praise. You better be a praiser. But praise alone is not enough. You need the word. It's the word that sets you free. Worship gets you ready for the word. But a lot of people want to do all the worshiping and then replace the word. I'm telling you, nobody's going to receive it, but I'm going to preach it anyway. A lot of people trying to worship their way out of the word. (laughs) But it's the son who set you free. The word was made flesh. And it dwelt all among us. You better get the word because it's the word that sets you free. The worship just gets you prepared for it. So he had no problem worshiping. I'm telling you, if nothing, if nothing else, this describes the spirit of our age, our churches, even our apostolic churches. We come and shout, woo, and we go crazy on Sundays, and then listen to the next thing out of his mouth. What have I to do with thee, Jesus? Now, son of the most high God, you better not tell me what to do. The minute that Jesus was going to start bringing some authority into their life, then we have a problem. You better not tell me where to go, Jesus. You better not tell me how to live, Jesus. You better not command me to let go of these things that I'm in love with. You better not do it. They got control of me. (laughs) And Jesus doesn't even blink an eye. He looks at that man. He says, come out of him. Someone said, come out of him. Come out of him. This is powerful. As the musicians come. First, listen, stand with me. First, he came out of the tombs. Ran to Jesus. We see the story of his life, just the highlights, all the pain, all the rebellion, all of the evil. And Satan thought that was the end of his story. But because he came out of the tombs, (laughs) he met Jesus. And Jesus looked at him 
speaking to the demons and said, come out of him. And they did. Some of us are wrestling with some things today. And the only way we're going to get victory, if you want Jesus to say, depression, come out. You're going to have to come out of the tombs. The tombs of doubt. The tombs of unbelief. The tombs of fear. The tombs of confusion and false doctrine darkness that shroud you envelop your mind come out step out of the shadowy places <laughs> and meet Jesus and when you come out he'll tell all of those things get out of his life get out of her life you have no business there you know Jesus came out of a tomb. <laughs> Anybody remember that? He came out so that you could come out. <laughs> I said he came out of the tomb so that you could come out of the tombs. Catch this. And we're about to pray and we're about to rebuke some things in Jesus' name. Somebody's about to get some deliverance here today. Does anybody remember that just after the resurrection, Matthew says, that the tombs broke open? <laughs> Am I in the Bible? Anybody love the Bible as much as I do? <laughs> the tombs broke open! And the saints of old and the prophets of old broke out of those tombs and they showed themselves they appeared to many people oh hallelujah I feel the Holy Ghost right now did you know that's in your Bible did you know that's in your Bible tombs broke open and they showed themselves to many people scholars scratched their heads I was reading all kinds of commentaries this week nobody knows quite why that happened they think it's interesting, but nobody knows. You know why I think it happened? I think God did it to show us that death cannot hold you. Your past cannot hold you. Your, your pain has no power over you. Condemnation has no authority. The tombs have no power over you. They cannot hold you. They cannot stop you. When resurrection power, when Holy Ghost power gets a hold of you, all of the darkness and all of the evil and all of your past and all of your sin, everything that separates you from God is broke. You can come boldly before the throne of grace. And say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me, a sinner. I need your mercy. I need your deliverance. I need your deliverance. I need your deliverance. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Some of you think you're wrestling with yourself. You're not wrestling with yourself. You're, you're wrestling with things in the spirit. Some of, think, some of you think that your fight is against other people. Your fight is not against other people. You're at war in your spirit. Your spirit man is warring against the demonic. And all the while the spirit of God is calling you and saying, come, come. Come out of the tombs. Come out of the tombs. Come out of the tombs. <laughs> Jesus said, listen, here's for the church. Jesus said, in my name they will cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. We have authority over every devil in hell. It's not our authority, but it's only when we invoke the name of Jesus. And we only have resurrection power. We're raised in the spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. And it gives us authority over every satanic influence. I wonder if there's someone that would be willing to humble themselves and say, Brother Ryan, I, I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood, but I am wrestling against some things. I wonder if you could humble yourself and come to this altar and say, I, I need deliverance today. Would you come? Come lift up your hands and let the Spirit fill you. Seek after the Spirit. Seek after the Spirit and say, Lord, I need the Holy Ghost. I need your Spirit. Calling on the name of Jesus. Would you come calling on the name of Jesus? That's where your authority is. That's where the power is. Come on. Somebody ought to come running out of the tombs this morning. Come on, somebody come running out of the tombs this morning and meet Jesus. <laughs> come running out of your doubt and meet Jesus face to face. some prayer warriors to lift up your voices and start start rebuking the devil right now i need some people who know how to pray i know we're all trying to just look like we're not demon possessed but somebody needs to lift up your voice and start kicking the devil out of your home kicking the devil out of our church come on come on start rebuking the devil devil you are not welcome at apostolic tabernacle devil you're not welcome in jonesboro 
devil, you're not welcome in our houses. Devil, you have no business in my grandchildren's lives. Devil, you have no business messing with my children. Come on, mama. Start praying for your children. Devil, you have no authority over my children. You have no authority over my family. You have no authority at my school. You have no authority at my workplace. You have no authority in my neighborhood. Come on, prayer warrior, lift up your voice. <laughs> Devil, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome in my life. You're not welcome in my marriage. You're not welcome in my friendships. You're not welcome in my entertainment. <laughs> I rebuke the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of depression right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of self-harm right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of manipulation right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of false doctrine right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of pride right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of gossip right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of condemnation in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of hatred, bitterness, and malice right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of complacency right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of numbness right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of hopelessness right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of strife right now in the name of Jesus. I bind it right now. You have no authority in our young people's lives. Get your hands off of our young people, devil. Get your hands off of our elders, devil. Get your hands off our kids' chapel ages. Get your hands off our Sunday school children right now. In Jesus' name. Come on, prayer warrior. Start building a memorial right now. Let your prayers go up as a memorial before God. <laughs> devil, you're not welcome in my thought life anymore. You're not welcome in the secret, quiet places that nobody else knows about. God knows your thoughts. God knows your hearts. What is done in the dark will be seen in the light. Some of you need to step out of the darkness and step into the light and say, Lord, I surrender my spirit to you. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my desires to you. I surrender myself to you, Lord. I present my body as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. There is power Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain.